welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. In this podcast, we'll be having discussions around the secrets which attract lasting, healthy, fulfilling relationships, creating a healthy mindset, and what women should know and understand about men. Introducing your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts, relationship expert, trainer, speaker, and best-selling author of the Cupid's Bow Technique. Lynn's mission is to have a positive impact in reducing divorce, domestic violence, and suicide. Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts. And today I've got Candice Alley. She is a complex trauma coach. And I'm very, very happy to say welcome, Candice. Thank you, Lynn. It's such a pleasure to be here. Now, Candice, what can you tell the audience about complex trauma. What is that? Can we start with that as the first question around what is complex trauma? Absolutely. So there's three types of trauma. There's acute, chronic, and complex trauma. Complex trauma really comes into play when someone has experienced trauma over an extended period of time or multiple traumatic events or um, instances in their lives. And it really kind of rewires your brain and how you think. And so um, overcoming complex trauma is absolutely possible, but it does take some work. It doesn't happen overnight. And I think that's the thing these days. I think a lot of people, especially in today's society, expect instant gratification and, you know, an instant pill or, or magic sentence that's going to instantly solve all their issues and problems, don't they? Absolutely. We live in such a fast paced world um, that, you know, it's almost like we need that instant gratification because we need to feel better to keep moving forward. Um, So, yes, it absolutely is, you know, kind of a societal belief that that we need things to happen immediately. Um, But unfortunately, and also fortunately, I will say, because for me, Um, healing from complex trauma is a lifelong journey. I learn something new every day and it just continues to help me be able to um, live my best life. And it gets better as I go because the more I learn, the more I can implement and the better I feel. Absolutely. And I think, you know, uh, once you're on that personal development journey, it becomes like a bit of a an addiction, doesn't it? Because you think, well, what else don't I know that's going to enable me to live my best life? Absolutely. You bet. Um, There, you know, I've taken class after class and um, listened to podcasts and read books and all the things. And, you know, it's really just the compilation of everything that has really made a difference for me. Yeah, me too, I have to say. And I, I still, at the age of 62, feel that I'm still on that onwards journey. <laughs> I know that will be for the rest of my life. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, one thing I tell folks is um, meditation was recommended to me early on. But with the way my mind works, um, because of all the traumatic experiences, and, and I always uh, was living in a hypervigilant state, It took me two and a half years before I could sit through a five minute guided meditation, but I was determined to do it because people spoke so highly of it that were able to do it. So um, for anyone who may have 
trouble or struggle with meditation, you know, at first I thought, oh, this is the craziest thing. This is the dumbest thing ever. This will never help me. I can't even concentrate. But then over time, the more I would read about it and, and hear about it, the more I just yearned to, to be able to do it because I read about how it had helped so many people. And it, it is in fact true. Now that I'm able to sit through meditations, I do find them very helpful. But it, again, was not something that was easy for me to be able to do. And we didn't put ourselves under pressure to be able to do things straight away. You know, once we find a, a strategy that or a technique that we're interested in giving a go, I don't think that you're uh, unfixable because you're not able to do it straight away. Absolutely. Yes. I think that's probably one of the most important messages um, for folks to take away today is, you know, it's, it's not about perfection. It's about progress and um, you have to be committed and um, willing to, to take kind of the good with the bad in this healing journey. It's definitely not a linear process. Um, it's going to have ups and downs just like anything else in life. So Candice, for the benefit of our audience, would you mind sharing a little bit about yourself and what's led you to be doing what you're doing now? Absolutely. So, um, I began being abused both sexually and emotionally at six years old. And um, that followed me throughout my adulthood. And um, I had gone through many, many therapists and different modalities and didn't really find a lot of success until I started working with a coach. And coaching really allows the client to be the expert of their own life. And um, coaches invite you to try things, but you're not um, forced to do it. It's always an invitation. Um, and they are an accountability partner. And so it's just very different than other things. And I am not knocking um, therapeutic modalities in any way. They are beneficial to a lot of people. They just were not for me. And so... Um, once I started working with a coach and really seeing progress with my complex PTSD, um, I finally decided that that's something that I wanted to be able to offer others and help them on their healing journeys. And so that's really um, what got me to where I am today. And um, really the reason that I, you know, founded the organization that I did to help trauma survivors Excellent. I love the work that you do, Candice. It's very obviously aligned with what I do myself and what I'm literally feel I'm mainly on the planet to do. You know, my my main passion and purpose is to help women and uh, girls that have been through those sorts of traumas and experiences to to know that there is light at the end of the tunnel and to treat them as though they're already an empowered person rather than a patient that needs to be fixed. Absolutely. And, and that's something that you just said that's so vitally important is as humans, we aren't broken and we don't need to be fixed. Our brains are having a very normal response to very abnormal situations that we've been put through. And oftentimes those start early in our childhood. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes we find ourselves in a relationship and we can't tell our heart who to love. Um, but a lot of times they do start in our childhood and, um, you know, we don't know what we don't know. And so until we learn new ways and learn what love really looks like from, from 
oftentimes a different perspective, not until then are we really able to truly begin to love ourselves and, and really change the way we're living. Yeah, I absolutely am very aligned with what you're saying because obviously I personally have been through similar. So Candice, can you tell us a little bit more about complex trauma and you know maybe give us some, I suppose, what I'm looking for in terms of what the audience might want to hear is what sort of clients do you work with? Where are they when they first come to you in terms of... Um, their own personal situation and you know what what is it that you do that helps them to progress absolutely um so a lot of women that I work with um I primarily work with uh, two different populations one of those are women who are coming out of really um bad relationships and oftentimes those women have turned to some sort of substance use so primarily um, people who've experienced betrayal and people who have struggled with some form of addiction. Sometimes that's a process addiction. Sometimes it's substance use. Sometimes it's um, an eating um, addiction or food addiction. So just all different forms of addiction. And um, a lot of times these women are really feeling like it's all their fault, what they're coming out of. But Oftentimes, after we begin to work together, they realize that they're coming out of a relationship with a narcissist, um, often a covert narcissist. And so those are really primarily the two two groups of women that I that I personally work with, um, just addictions and then women who have um, been through a really tough relationship. And then it's not until we really get to working together that oftentimes they realize that their, their responses and things often relate all the way back to their childhood. And so really just using um, compassionate inquiry, um, motivational interviewing skills, and those types of things, and really just unconditional positive regard for the women that I work with, much like you said earlier, you know, letting them know that they're not broken. And it's not them that needs to be fixed. They just need to understand that, you know, what they've gone through has caused their brains and their neural pathways to change and help them with skills and tools that they can add into their daily lives and practice to really begin to rewire their brain, if you will, back to a different state where they are able to experience joy, hope, happiness, and live their best life. Yeah. And basically take their power back, you know, um, because quite often we attract poor relationships on the back of um, giving our power away, don't we? Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I think a lot of people don't realize that even just being yelled at as a child um, can be traumatic for some people. And um, not only that, you know, attachments in childhood. So if if you were just left in your crib to cry a lot, you know, that can really affect you later on in life. And there is a test, an adverse childhood experiences test, and people that score four or higher are at least three times greater to have a mental health issue later on in life. Um, so that's certainly something that that can be shared the link in the show notes, but 
That's a very interesting test I've found that a lot of people really don't know exists, but it's been around for quite some time. And it's really telling for a lot of people. Oh, so interesting. We'll make sure that link's posted in the show notes so that our listeners can access that. So, Candice, um, tell me a little bit more about some of the tools and strategies and techniques that you might use with clients to help them shift their thinking and start that healing process. Absolutely. So oftentimes I um, work with women on their inner critic. And so that's really the voice inside your head that tells you that you're not good enough and all those things. And I have an abundance of um, eBooks and worksheets and videos, a video library, um, some guided meditations. Each client is really as individual as each of our fingerprints. And so there are different modalities and techniques that each client prefers individually. I'm also a huge proponent of positive affirmations. You know, oftentimes we found ourselves in situations where we feel like we've been put down or um, felt like we weren't loved in some way. And so really, I oftentimes ask my clients or invite my clients to just take some post-it notes and write positive affirmations. Write what you would tell your best friend if they were having a bad day and go post those on your bathroom mirror where you may be brushing your teeth a couple times a day or on your refrigerator where you'll go to get ice for your ice water or whatever it is that you do regularly on a daily basis around your house, just post those positive affirmations. And when you find yourself coming across them, just read them um, because just that positivity and read them out loud to yourself if you can, um, because just hearing those positive words can be so powerful over time. And again, it's something that often takes time but in time, we begin to believe what we hear over and over and over. And so I just think that's another powerful way um, that's really no cost and something easy that people can implement immediately into their lives. Love it. And on that note, would you give the audience members some guidance as to what positive affirmations sound like and look like for those that might be struggling to think, well, what, what, what? you know, what could I write? You bet. Um, again, think of some things that you would tell your best friend, maybe if they were having a bad day, like, um, and, and just use I instead of you. I am beautiful. I am enough. Being me is enough. I can do anything I choose to do. I am worthy. I am lovable. Um, just simple things like that are positive affirmations. And um, if you have internet access, you can always Google positive affirmations. I know there are tons of different YouTube videos um, about positive affirmations. And um, on Google, I often Google to, to help clients find lists of those. So those are just a couple ways that users could or listeners I'm sorry could find more um, positive affirmations as well 
Well, thank you for that, because I know that some people listening to this might even not even understand what ap- the word affirmation means. So thank you for giving some examples there. I really appreciate that. Absolutely. So when it comes to um, the mindset and using positive affirmations, what else do you then work on, you know, uh, as a another technique or strategy thereafter? Yeah, um, we also do a lot of work. Um, I do a lot of work with trauma release exercises, and those were created by Dr. David Berselli, because what a lot of people don't realize is trauma actually lives inside of our body. So if you've ever seen, and this is not always the case, because there are other conditions that cause people to just um, shake and be nervous, but A lot of times, um, if somebody is very, very nervous and um, may constantly tremble or shake, that could potentially be due to how much trauma lives within their body. Um, We have something called a vagus nerve, and um, that's where the polyvagal theory comes from. But it's really about getting your body trauma release exercises is really about getting your body into a state where you can tremor and it allows that trauma to be released out through your body. And that was another modality that at the beginning, when I first heard of it, I thought, oh boy, this is another one of, you know, those type things that I'll never be able to do, or I don't really understand. But it's also another one of those things that um, once I really sorted and figured out how to do it, that I have found very helpful. Um, I always had a lot of stress and tension, I felt like, that lived in kind of in my back and in my neck. And I'd even been in a couple of really bad car accidents when I was younger. And after I started doing trauma release exercises, um, I really have noticed a difference in the amount of stress I feel in my body and so um, that's been another really powerful modality and I'm actually a trauma release exercise facilitator because I I found it to be so helpful for me um, and it is something that I would not suggest people do on their own um, that they should work with a facilitator but if they would like to just learn more about what trauma release exercises are, there is a great YouTube video that is by Dr. David Berselli that you can watch that really kind of explains what trauma release exercises are. Excellent. I love that. And it's also valuable, I think, to note that um, sometimes, you know, such as what you said, put you know, affirmations on post-it notes um that are all positive that um are going to change your mindset now initially i think some audience members might think oh that's not going to work because i know i don't believe that about myself but after a while you do start to believe it don't you so i think it's important to mention that don't try and resist the process or the exercise because you're instantly thinking well i don't actually believe that about myself well you don't actually believe it about yourself at the moment, but you will do because it's about that reinforcement every time you see those messages, isn't it? Absolutely. And, you know, another really powerful exercise that that I use with clients that's around writing. And I also understand from my own personal experience, the fear 
um, that some people have because I had it of actually putting things down on paper. And so what I'll recommend for those people is after you write it down, feel free to burn it, rip it up, put it in a shredder, um, you know, whatever it takes to demolish that. But really writing your feelings down and getting them out on paper and out of your head is also very powerful. And um, if you just start with once or twice a day, just writing down your fears, like I fear and whatever you're feeling right in that moment, you don't have to go too deep with it, but just whatever comes up for you. And then um, at the end, you know, and then I, I am resentful. So after you write your fears, you write what you resent at that moment. And then at the very end, write, make a gratitude statement. And if you do that once or twice a day, I have found that to be very, very powerful for clients because it allows them to get that out. And um, it's a it's really a form of self-soothing. I 100% agree with that. I've done similar exercises myself and uh, I found that to be very true. So can you give an example of that then? So the audience members that are listening might like to give that a try know the exact process and just because you've given them an example of how that works. Yeah. So um, let's say I woke up this morning and I didn't sleep well last night. I may write, I fear I'm not going to be able to perform today. I fear I will be tired all day. I fear I won't be good enough today. I fear I may hurt someone's feelings because I'm tired. And just go on with your fears as many as you have. And then maybe maybe it was that my dog kept me up. So at this moment, I may be resentful toward my dog that barked all night. I may be resentful toward my husband that snored too loudly. You know, whatever it is that you are resent, resenting at that moment doesn't mean that you resent it always and doesn't mean that it has to ha last forever. But literally, whatever comes into your mind at that moment when you say, I fear or I resent, write it down. And that's going to look different for every single person. And that's just one example of many things it could be. Um, if you're looking towards a new job, you may write, I fear I'll never find a job because I don't feel good enough. Um, I fear I won't be able to perform at it this new job I'm trying to get. I fear I'll fail the interview. I fear, and just whatever those fears are for you. And then again, the resentments. And then at the end, um, I am grateful that these, that I do not have to allow these fears and resentments to hold me back. I am worthy of better and more, and I will make this a great day or whatever type of gratitude statement. If you're a spiritual person, maybe you want to give thanks to your higher power, whatever that is for you. Um, just write your gratitude statement, kind of what you're thankful for. Excellent. Love it. Some really good exercises that you've given there for the audience members to have a go at, which I know are very powerful, you know, and, and don't be fearful of giving these a go. Um, you know, don't talk yourself out of it because 
the what the, what, the, the worst that can happen is that you do nothing <laughs> and we all, we all know that the hardest thing is taking that first initial step isn't it it is it's always the hardest and you know we can always find a million excuses not to do something but it's when you find that one excuse to do it that you start making a difference and making a change and um my grandmother used to say nothing changes if nothing changes and that's so true if we don't do something we've never done before then we can experience things we've never experienced before no that's absolutely 100% true and um literally uh you know it's, it's like you only got to take um one small step to end up in a totally different direction in life and it's your choice and your decision today as to what that step can be that can even be for your highest good or not you know it's all about making that decision isn't it absolutely yes it sure is and I I understand probably as well as anybody how hard that one next step can be but I assure you it is worth it because once I started taking those one next steps one next step and just think even over the course of a year one small step a day adds up to 365 steps in one year and that alone can be so powerful even if it's just in that first year you read those positive affirmations every day or you make a commitment and at least half the time you um do the journaling that we discussed you know just do your best. Don't beat yourself up for, for what you don't get done, but celebrate the things that you do. That's so important, isn't it, to celebrate the things that we do? Because I think quite often we condition ourselves to, um, I suppose, uh, focus on what we haven't done rather than what we have. Yes. And a lot of us struggle from perfectionism or people pleasing or things like that. And just know that you are your own biggest critic because other people um, may see you and likely do see you in a totally different light than you see yourself. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Isn't that the truth? So Candice, where can the audience find you if they interested in find more about what you do? Um, so I can be found on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the T-H-E complex trauma coach. And anyone can email me at support at complex trauma coach.com. Excellent. So any final words of wisdom that you'd like to share in this episode before we wrap things up? Um, I would just like to tell people to be kind to yourself. Um, just if you're having a bad day, just give yourself a hug because you deserve it. And somebody in this world cares about you and wants to know that you're okay. Oh, that's so sweet. I love that. And um, if you don't have the, the I suppose, the, the inclination to give yourself a hug, think about yourself as being that little girl that needs it. Because I think we can all feel more drawn to hugging a younger version of ourselves can't we you bet absolutely and that inner child in us always needs to be loved 
Yeah, and she deserves to know that you're that wiser person today because of what you've been through and that you kept her safe. Absolutely. No doubt about it. That is so important, Lynn. So on that note, Candice, um, any other shares that you'd like to share before we wrap up the episode? I think that's all. Thank you so much. It's been a really insightful conversation. And thank you so much for sharing those very powerful exercises. You've been a wonderful guest. Thank you for having me, Lynn. I look forward to it again in the future. Me too. So uh, just leaves me to say that true love starts with opening our hearts. And until next time, goodbye for now. Thanks for listening to the Hearts Entwined podcast. You can follow Lynn via the Facebook group, Two Hearts Entwined, or search Lynn Smith, inspirational speaker at LinkedIn, or email lynn at hearts-entwined.com. That's L-Y-N at hearts-entwined.com. Remember, true love starts with opening our hearts.